Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember, you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. Not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WHUTs after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WHT's After Further Review. We got David the Man of God Harris on the phone lines. If you're wondering that you notice that you went to our SoundCloud page or on our iTunes podcast page that we didn't have anything on the NFL draft, but we actually did a segment for the NFL draft, but there was one problem. My computer was messing up and it went into safe mode and I totally forgot that if you go into safe mode and then exit out of safe mode, everything that you did in safe mode gets erased. So actually, we had two great segments that are now lost forever that me and David did a couple of weeks ago, actually, right before the NFL draft, and they got lost. I totally forgot about it. I, you know, I tried to get out of say I was like, I'm gonna save it. I went and saved the stuff. Actually, can't find the segments, but we actually did the top 10 picks. It was an actual mock draft of what David the Man of God Harris was doing, and it actually ended up getting lost. So, but. I am out of safe mode right now, believe it or not, and we're going to be doing a winners and losers of David's segment of the NFL draft, and we're going to do the first round. So, David, uh, welcome back. Uh, how's it going there in the month of May? It seems like stuff's opening up here in this side of the country. What about yours, especially since you're in New York? Yeah, things are opening up, starting to get a little bit more close to the pandemic. Sporting activities are starting to get crowds. If you want to see a baseball game, you can either get a rapid test or if you're fully vaccinated, you can walk right in. So people are starting to feel a little bit of the summer activities, planning for traveling and vacations and hopefully solid good weather. Can I ask you, how do they know if you're fully vaccinated? So if you have, with a fully vaccinated card, there's, uh, the state of New York has an app that can you can download your vaccination card to show that you're fully vaccinated or if you have a separate you only have a single dose you can show that and they'll i'm sure there's some precautions if you're not fully vaccinated but you have at least had one shot mm-hmm. but they'll also rapid test you right there at the stadium and if you're good to go if your test comes back positive they'll obviously let you know and let everyone else know but if not you're you're all good to go you live regular normal life man that that's that's actually pretty crazy there's uh listen to 88.3 T's after further review and we're into the winners and losers for david the man of god harris here and uh david we're going to start off with round one pick one obviously it was trevor lawrence your thoughts uh safe pick that universal pick um there really wasn't much surprise. I mean, I guess the biggest surprise was that kind of he looked like, you know, sunshine from Remember the Titans, kind of no tie, just kind of open T-shirt, kind of just gives off this, you know, persona of kind of classic suave. But when it comes to the NFL, these are going to be some grown men. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how the Jaguars do. Is, is this gonna? I guess my thing is this: <clears throat> they're, they're bringing in Tim Tebow as a tight end, as you know, Urban Meyer is. To me, I don't know. It, this feels like more of a college feel of a team. It makes me wonder. I, I think Trevor Lawrence is a great talent, but my questions are: Will Urban Meyer translate, or can he adapt to the NFL? And granted, he got the number one pick. He got Trevor Lawrence. Then he got his running back, Etienne, and, and then bringing in Tim Tebow. I'm I'm a little worried because, as you mentioned before, this is the grown man's league. And even though you might be successful in college, we've seen it over and over again, besides maybe Jimmy Johnson, that when you come to college, it's a hard transition going to the pros. Yeah, and 
talk real quick about the Etienne pick. I absolutely hated that pick, honestly. Like, I understand the con, like, reuniting the college offense would seem to be a draft, kind of seeing for the first round this year. But you had a, a young diamond in the rock in James Robinson, who was an undrafted rookie last year, came in, took the league by storm, and then you were. You draft a running back in the first round after you in the offseason. You get a Carlos Hyde, who a lot of people thought would be that workhorse kind of bruiser to complement James Robinson. But now you want Travis Etienne to be, in his words, a Percy Harvin type role. I mean, yeah. See, that's 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 where I'm. I'm you're trying to compare yeah. some of these guys to Florida guys, and Percy Harvin until the injuries was was a, was a pretty was a really good. NFL pro, but that's that's where I'm I'm real leery with Urban Meyer, real leery, leery with him. I've noticed that he's he, you know he's trying to bring in Tim Tebow and he's trying to compare guys to old Florida players. Something to, to something just something tells me something about that. Yeah, like within, I say within three years we're going to know this whether this draft is going to be a make or break because I think within three years. Urban Myers is either going to get fired or he's going to resign. I think one, one and two, Jacksonville Jaguars first round draft picks don't make it out of the rookie deals anyway. So you already got that in eight ball. And yeah, like you said, this, there's a difference between playing at Clemson and we joke about it all the time playing for the AFS conference versus kind of grown professional men. So it's, it's going to be a wake up call for young Trevor. Yeah, yeah, I totally. I think it's going to be a, a wake up call for Trevor and for Urban Meyer. All right, so we go to the second pick. New York Jets select Zach Wilson. What would you think of that pick? When when I did the mock draft, I said they're going to go for the Sam Darnold kind of fiery kind of bravado in your face quarterback as a has that moxie. Uh, I mean it's it's the New York way. I mean, I understand kind of the universal. I understand the appeal. I understand kind of the confidence. But is that going to translate to the next level? Again, playing kind of at BYU, and yes, you had a couple of non-conference games. Yes, the whole, you know, we'll play anytime, any place, anywhere. But now you're coming into the NFL, and now you're going to – it's a lot different than being out in Utah, being in that cold of Buffalo or that cold – of New England. So it'll be interesting to see. I kind of like what Jeff did. I particularly like what they did with their other first round pick, kind of shoring up and protecting their quarterback, which, you know, some teams chose not to do, but we'll, we'll get to those shortly. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Zach Wilson played against the the Rockets at the Glass Bowl, I think, this past season. He didn't do very well, did he? No, he, and I don't want to say he struggled, but he wasn't this. Like if you look at the tape when when we played him at the last ball, or we played BYU at the last ball, like he didn't wow you. Like he made some throws, yes, he was able to make reads, but putting on kind of my color commentator lenses for a second, like he he didn't look like number two overall pick. That's what I'm saying. Well, after looked, you watched the game, you weren't going to think, "Wow, that's Zach Wilson. He's going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft." Yeah, but you're thinking, okay, yeah, he could be like he could be a solid pro maybe like he could go somewhere and work his way he could be a backup he could sit behind maybe learn depending on the system but he wasn't like the Trevor Lawrence which you know that has this thing it wasn't like um watching even Trey Lance who went to San Francisco like when you look at him there's still questions there's still okay can you show me more can you do this and Honestly, if he tries some of those kind of, I don't want to say flashy throws where he's throwing kind of off the opposite foot, like that, that's not going to work in the league. Mm-hmm. Like you can do that against college kids, but professionals are going to, yeah, that's, that's not going to fly. <laughs> he said, nah, just, just nah, nah, bruh, nah, bruh, as they like to say, the kids like to say. Our next pick, number three, Trey Lance. They, the San Francisco 49ers really kept this pick to the chest. I mean, they people thought that they were going to go with Mac Jones and Trey Lance, and a lot of people were surprised. Yeah, including myself. I, 
like I knew he would go within the top ten just because a lot of teams needed the quarterback. But yeah, when you look at Trey Lance, he's a playmaker. Um, he compares to another kind of African American quarterback for San Francisco that people probably don't want to hear. But that explosiveness that Trey Lance possesses with his arm and his legs, I think he's the kind of quarterback that's a complete opposite of what Jimmy Garoppolo is. So it's going to be interesting to see how short of a leash Jimmy G has or if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be used as trade bait and Trey Lance is going to be the week one starter. I'm curious to see what Kyle Shanahan wants to do with the offense moving forward. Just think about this. Houston originally had this pick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who would have, like, Trey Lance going to Houston would have definitely kind of been like, okay, familiarity, but yeah. Houston, Houston's looking at this staff like, man, with what, with, with what transpired over the offseason, like, we could, we could use a quarterback. Yeah, that, that, that is totally true. Next pick, the Atlanta Falcons. They got Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. Uh, second and exacto for me, it was kind of the universal. We thought they might go quarterback, but, I mean, this is basically Matt Ryan swan song. Like, he has all the weapons. Kyle Pitts a freak athlete. Just everyone says he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Let's, you know, pump the brakes on that. You have to see what he does in the league. But, yeah, it's another weapon for the Atlanta Falcons offense. Uh, yeah, I think it's the best player at the best position. Okay, then Cincinnati Bengals get Jamar Chase. At the time, it was the worst the worst pick for, for me, for, for what I – because, because, and we'll see kind of with the later of the first round, like if you have a franchise quarterback, you want to protect your million-dollar investment. That's what other teams did. Mm-hmm. And so I understand you want to, you know, have buddy-buddy, you know, oh, Jamar Chase only caught passes from um, Joe Burrow while in college, and then he opts out, the quote-unquote David draft stock. But – in this division in particular, knowing that he's coming off a significant leg injury, my thought would have been, hey, let's protect this guy for the long term so that we can have a Joe Burrow for five, six, seven seasons so that he can throw the ball to Jim Archie. So I, I don't understand. Like Having a weapon doesn't do you any good if you can't have the pass protection. If you can't do a three-step drop and get the ball – you know, out of your hand, what, what good is having a fast wide receiver? I mean, maybe you can just have a run slant the entire time, but, like, defense is going to pick up on that. So I just think, I don't say it's a waste of a pick, but, like, you're building your passing game around, but you don't have pass protection. <laughs> yeah, you, you need like, pass protection first. But it's, it's just it's, it's classic Bengals. Like, they, you know, yeah. Moving on, the Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Miami Dolphins. First first surprise for me. Obviously, people are saying before he got hurt, he was probably the better between him and Devonta Smith mm-hmm. at Alabama. Then kind of looking at it, I thought about it. Okay, seeing both of them on the board, do you go with the tall wide receiver that can kind of be a freakish athlete in Devonta Smith, who I had in the mock draft, or you go for the speedster, understanding kind of, okay, you're in Miami, you want to go fast-paced offense. I, you can understand that. So, I like, I don't hate the pick. Obviously, kind of knowing that he is available on the board, and obviously that relationship with Tua really helps from the time at Alabama. But I think the Dolphins need a wide receiver, and they got an explosive wide receiver. Now, the next pick is the Lions. Some say he was the best offensive lineman. Panay Sewell? Yep. And I love this pick. First first two winner. Well, other than Justin Dolphins, I have winners. But the Lions, like, you sure up your line, which will protect Jared Goff, which will protect whatever running back you have there, which will give time 
And he's like he's a big physical brute, and you need that mm-hmm. in a division like the NFC North because he can snuff out. He can be on the. Uh, he can move defenders off the ball or off the ball. He's strong, powerful. Uh, it'll be interesting to see him with some pass rushers, particularly in that division. Um, yeah, he's he fits anywhere, and I think he's a. A plus plus pick for the Lions. You said it. Why why A plus plus pick? Just because they got Jared Goff? Well, Jared Goff, and you want to protect that investment, but also kind of just thinking at how the mentality it seems that Dan Campbell's trying to instill in Detroit being that physicality, you know, biting kneecaps. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that physicality, and I think having. A strong physical lineman helps with that physicality. So I think one also to protect, you know, Jared Goff would be nice in the your running backs, of course. But yeah, just having a tackle that can do everything, like it's hard to find a solid offensive tackle that can be in the league for you know double digit years, and I think he will. Hmm. That, that's, that's a, that was a good one. The next pick. Is the Carol J.C. Horn, Joe Horn's son, to the Carolina Panthers? He's out of South Carolina. First, actually, the first cornerback actually selected in this draft. Yeah, and like I won't say he's a project, but for sure he's not a finished project. And you saw a lot of the reviews and scouts saying that kind of when they were looking at his draft profile. I thought Patrick Sertan would be the number one cornerback because I had him rated higher. Um. But Carolina goes defense. It seems they they well until later in the in the draft when they actually pick an offensive player. It seems like Matt Rule was trying to shore up his defense and looking at that division, thinking about the Buccaneers, thinking about the Saints, thinking about the Falcons, having a guy that can be aggressive at the line and you know have the potential to be a shutdown corner. You're going to need that in this division. So I like to pick. Probably would have gone with a different player, but I mean, if his first interception is against the Saints, I hope he has a cell phone. Why you say that? Oh, because of his dad. Yes, the old flip phone, huh? And yeah, I, I just hope he has that celebration on hand. Next pick, Pat Sertan, cornerback from Alabama to the Denver Broncos. Similar to kind of how the Panthers needed. Uh, corner to really solidify that secondary, similar with the Broncos. I thought they might also go offensive line, but nah, I think getting that cornerback position, looking at that division, thinking about the pass happy, and no one just Denver's even struggled. Mm-hmm. And I think they always struggled with the secondary for the most of yeah majority of last season. So having him in where he can come in, be an immediate starter, making an immediate impact, it's it's a perfect fit. Right. Devontae Smith to the Eagles. Some people were surprised that he actually dropped this far, and this was originally a Dallas pick. Which, I will, I will never understand why Jerry Jones is allowed to have Johnny Walker Blue on draft night, because this is a Johnny Walker Blue drunk dial Howie, like, hey, do you want this pick? Because unofficial rule number one in drafts is you never draft to your rival. You never trade to your rival. That's what I thought. I'm looking at it like, why would you trade to your rival? Like, so, like, we all know that they were going to get Michael Parsons. They wanted Parsons, like, to get more draft capital. Like, analysts were confused. I was confused. All the radio broadcasts were confused. It just didn't make sense. But for the Eagles, like, literally all last season, we were like, who's the number one wide receiver? Like, who who's going to actually catch the ball? And so now they have the Heisman Trophy winner, who's going to immediately plug and play another connection with the quarterback from college and Dalen Hurt. I love the pick for the Eagles. You probably could have had him at 12, if we're just going to be honest, but Cowboys are just going to be the Cowboys. <laughs> Now we get to the pick that I love. 
The Giants had it. They traded it to Chicago. They moved up. We talked about it, you know, on, on text. Finally, the Bears look like they get something of a franchise QB in Justin Fields. Your thoughts on the pick? After after thinking about it and really processing it, I think I think the Bears are winners. I think finally they have. I think I think their quarterback. I don't want to say they're like completely solved, just because you know you have to figure out the offensive line and protecting him and making sure that he you know he can last. Kind of first career, but I think kind of the dynamic playmaking ability, um, being able to be a dual threat quarterback, I appreciate that. My only concern is that you spent this entire offseason convincing Chicago Bears fans that you don't need Mr. Trubisky, and so you bring in a veteran in Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Which I think at and the time – at the time where they were drafting at, they didn't know what they were going to get. I, 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 I'll be honest with you with that one. I think they were bringing in Andy Dalton to bring him in because, let's face it, did you really think you'd be able to get a trade and get Justin Fields for that? If they would have known they probably were going to get a quarterback, I don't think they would have signed Andy Dalton. So I think they kind of did it because it's insurance. And not to mention, let's be honest, Andy Dalton is the, the consummate pro. Yeah, and I mean, I think he's going to be obviously a grizzled veteran. He's going to teach Justin Fields the ropes. It's just now, now you've created this situation in Chicago where we're talking about it over text. It's a make or break year for the entire Chicago Bears organization, other than you know the ownership. Like everyone is riding with Justin Fields, and so now you create the scenario where the fan base is like. We want to see Justin Fields. We want to see Justin Fields day one. So if you just automatically put um, Andy Dalton in the back burner and he just comes in to be a replacement, so it sets up similar to the situation that we saw last year in Miami with Fitzpatrick and Chua, where you have this you know top tier pick everyone's excited about, but the veteran has to ease them in. Are we going to see kind of gadget plays here or there each week? And then by the bye week, it seems, you know, he assumes the starting position. It's, it just creates more controversy now because now everyone's like, okay, one bad throw from Andy Dalton. Whoop, where's Justin Fields? And it's like, can you do that for five, six, seven weeks? Hmm. Yeah, that, that is, makes me wonder. Now, does Justin Fields start or does he just wait his turn with Andy Dalton? Or is this going to be one of those like Glennon where – you know, they drafted Trubisky, they traded up for Trubisky, they got Glenn in, and then they had to put Trubisky in about, what was it, two or three games into the season. Now, remember, John Fox was the coach then, so he wanted to go with the veteran guys. But, but let's be honest, you know, if Matt Nagy can win with Mitch Trubisky, we makes me wonder what he can do with Justin Fields. And remember, I'm pretty sure Nagy likes this pick because you know, Justin Fields is almost comparable to Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, who Nagy was the offensive coordinator in Kansas City. Yeah, so we're probably going to see a lot of that kind of way that Patrick Mahomes was used. We're going to see in that Chicago. My thing is, you're going to need the weapons. Like, like we talked about David Montgomery. Like we talked about Allen Robinson being that, like he's the number one, but he's not really a number one. Mm-hmm. Like this. I'm curious to see what this Bears offense is going to look like because they can go a 19,000 different ways. Well, one, they need a line. The line has to be on point. It can't be straight doo-doo. Now, I know that's one thing that, that, the, that the Bears need. Yeah, which, I mean, they could have gone line in there. They could have gone Rashawn Slater. But I, I understand that's not that's not the sexy pick for sure, and that's, that wouldn't have probably resulted – in the happy feeling from Bears fans that they went linemen, knowing that the quarterback was still there. Right, exactly. you got to get the quarterback. I mean, that's just the most important. You can get linemen in the second round. You can still get some quality linemen later in the draft, but you need to get the most important position sold up, and that is a quarterback. Now we move over to number 12. The Cowboys get linebacker Micah Parsons. Now, obviously, they're trying to sure up their defense because it was straight trash. So, your thoughts? Yeah, I think Parsons, best linebacker in the draft, coming in this draft class, 
like you said, it fills an immediate need. They were god-awful. Players leaving, players not really fulfilling their potential. And, yeah, it's just kind of that perfect fit. I mean, they could could have gotten him at 10, but I think he's probably going to be the def- – my thought is he's going to be defensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. It, like, it, it's his to lose for sure. And the defensive rookie of the year, you think so? Yeah, I think because he's going to be so versatile, because he's going to be used in a variety of different ways, and knowing that that Cowboys defense is just so depleted that anyone can be a massive improvement. Yeah, I think he should be in the early running just because I know he's going to be involved media game one. So the Chargers, though, number 13, they choose the L.A. Chargers, not San Diego. Choose Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern, which I believe he's one of the first Northwestern in years, almost, what was it, 30 years to get picked in the first in the first round from Northwestern, a player. Yeah, and kind of doing what the Cowboys, uh, not the Cowboys, the Bengals got to do <laughs> and kind of protect their million-dollar investment. A lot of people had... Rashawn Slater as kind of 1B behind Sewell from Oregon. It's like these are can't-miss prospects. If you can get your hands on one of these two, you're going to protect your quarterback for a good solid decade at least. And the Chargers are protecting Justin Herbert. I mean, what what more can you say? They have all the pieces. They're showing up the line. Get a guy that you need, a guy that can come in right away and be a solid impact player. Um yeah, all, all pros. I mean, yeah. Next, the Jets, Elijah Vera Tucker, guard out of USC. Yeah. Again, protecting protecting the quarterback that you just got in Zach Wilson. Like, the New York Jets solidly have a solid offensive line. Mm-hmm. Like, they're secretly trying to, like, build the right way. They're trying to compete the right way. And obviously, what happens on draft night is different than what we see September through December. But it seems like the Jets are, like, veering in the right direction. Like, they're making smart draft picks, which is the Jets. Like, our expectations were low. But, like, the, the Jets are smart. Protecting the offense, building from the offensive line, getting weapons, getting your franchise quarterback. I love the Jets draft, and that's something I did not think I would say. Can I ask you, though, with the Jets, what went wrong with Sam Darnold? Was it coaching, just bad draft picks, or just a mix of things? Just the organization was just bad. Uh, I would say part of coaching, because we hear a lot, and we see a lot of times, kind of when you're changing coaching staff, like, so quickly, you're trying to figure out what to do. And if you're a quarterback, kind of a young quarterback, you're trying to, okay, now I've got to listen to this coordinator. He likes doing it this way, and this coordinator likes to do it this way. And so there's a little bit of shifting. But it's also the curse of the USC quarterback. Like, quarterbacks from the University of Southern California are just not solid NFL players. And I think that's just kind of a, that's an unspoken curse coming out of Los Angeles. But ah, Well, is it really a curse that they just weren't really talented? They were just... They were good enough to make the obviously into the Pac-12 and a, a, a Power Five school, but they had so much talent around them. You know, a lot of times, like they say, when and like at Alabama, you got all the talent around you, nothing can go wrong. Yeah, you look flawless, but what are you going to do when you get in a situation where you go into train wreck organizations and they need you to be the savior? Can you save them? And I think that's what's happened with some of these USC quarterbacks is that you 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 come from a storied program, you put up good numbers. Well, now you're dealing with chaos. Now the offensive line's not the best because obviously at USC you're getting the best of the best. Now in the NFL, you're getting the bottom of the barrel. And I, I think some of them guys just they got exposed. Basically, they're not they're not on that tier of being the next level player that can really change a franchise. Yeah, and I think kind of like we also talk like how we do the ACC. We're also looking at the Pac-12. Like, eh, like you get all the California kids, the West Coast. So like, we don't really pay attention. So we don't really see a lot of 
kids from Texas, New York, Florida, kind of the southern, kind of the southern, southeastern United States go out west. And so there's always this kind of, okay, who are you playing? Looking at, okay, yes, you get one or two good games, but yeah, it's a pass happy conference. Everyone's throwing, you know, 40, 50 times a game. But yeah, I just think, um, Coming out of USC as a quarterback is probably the toughest thing that you can have in the NFL draft. Just because there's so so much expectation because you're usually a top five pick, which means you're going to a crappy team, like you said, probably a dysfunctional organization, and now it's, okay, now you're trying to right the ship and just dysfunction around you. Yeah, that that is that's that is totally true. And then we move on. So we get into speaking of quarterbacks who come from a great program, the Patriots get Mac Jones. And it's the Jedi mind tricks from Bill Belichick just seems to seems to work. Like no one wanted to touch Mac Jones. Everyone was making moves around so that the two or three teams ahead of them didn't need a quarterback, they needed linemen. And yeah, you go from a stable organization, quote unquote college program in Alabama, to now the model of consistency. And now Mac Jones is going to dominate the AFCs for the next 10, 12 years because now the Patriots actually have a quarterback that, and no kind of no offense to Cam Newton, just kind of is on the other side of his career. I think Cam Newton tampered by injuries a lot and just kind of the wear and tear of the body. Now you can kind of get a Mac Jones with kind of all the kind of carrying the Alabama, the winning kind of tradition, that mentality. Instilled in him from Nick Saban. Now you're bringing it to Bibelichick. He's going to fit right in and kind of do his thing. So, sorry, Buffalo Bills. It was nice seeing you winning the division, but yeah, New England's back. Well, the thing about it is also remember uh, Saban was on Belichick's staff, and they they do talk often. So, I mean, you knew a lot about him. Um, next, the Cardinals, Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa. Because because I've watched, like, a lot of kind of non – the G5 schools, like, I've seen a lot of Tulsa football, and I think – like, he's one of those guys where you look at the tapes and it's like, okay, this guy can play on Sundays. Watching American, or, yeah, watching AAC games, he can do a lot of things. He can be an edge rusher. He can come through the middle. He can be a blitzer. He can be able to be a linebacker that can cover or that can drop in the coverage. And I think looking at the Cardinals, again, looking at that division where they're at, looking at what the Rams have done offensively, looking at what the Niners are probably going to do offensively and how they looked last year, looking at, you know, Seattle didn't have a first-round pick this year, but D.K. Metcalf is still leaping freaking nature. So having a guy on that second level that can be both kind of line up within the box, but then also if need be dropped into coverage, I think he's a perfect fit. Next, Alex Leatherwood for the Raiders. Lyman from Alabama. And this turned into the worst pick of the draft. How? For the, uh, the first round. Well, not the draft, the first round. Mm. The, the, <laughs> the, Raiders, the Raiders don't know how to draft. Like, you have a former coach in John Gruden. You have this quote-unquote color commentator analyst that knows all the analytics and stuff, uh, working behind the scenes and seeing all this stuff in Mike Mayock. But yeah, when it comes to draft time, it seems like they just make these weird decisions. Like Alex Leatherwood is a day two. Like you could have gotten him second round. You could have gotten him probably third round. Like he wasn't one of those chance miss prospects. Maybe because of, you know, the Alabama thing and like you're able to kind of have that relationship with Nick Saban and he kind of talked highly. But I just, like, the Raiders had a lot more needs here than 
getting an offensive lineman. And it seems as though the Oakland Raiders just, or the, well, they turn into the Oakland Raiders, now they're in Vegas. Like, there's just so much confusion with this organization that even the fan base is like, what, what are you doing? Experts are like, what are you doing? Listening to radio kind of out on the West Coast the day after, they're all like, we have 19,000 other needs. Why are we getting linemen? Like, knowing, yes, but it's the Raiders, so. Mm. Raiders yeah. being Raiders. Miami Dolphins had another pick. They get Jalen Phillips. Uh, he, was, he was rated kind of in this 18 to 25 range. I I thought he would have been, the Bears that kept their original pick at 20, I thought he would have been a solid pick for the Bears to get at 20. Mm. Like, he's still... He still has a little bit of room to grow just because he's still raw and he still has a lot of uh, room, yeah, again, room to grow. I think he can help that Miami Dolphins defense. It's always good to have an edge rusher. It's always good to have pressure on the quarterback, knowing just the quarterbacks that are in this division. So having someone that has the ability to get to the quarterback, which if you're a defensive lineman, if you're a front seven, you want guys that can be quick off the line, quick around the blockers, and get to the quarterback. And so I think that's what a lot of people said Jalen Phillips was good at. And so now it's just, can you do it at the next level? And I think he can. Mm, that, that, wow, that's nice. Uh, the Washington football team, or I like to call it the W, uh, what's his Jamin J- Jamin Davis? Yeah, kind of out of Kentucky. Didn't really, didn't really flash a lot at Kentucky. Um, <laughs> but he somehow he's a first round pick. Yeah, I mean SEC, like they're going to look SEC defense. True, true. true. Um, but he's another really I don't want to say super raw prospect, but he's definitely has a lot of room to grow, and so. I think um, I don't want to say he's going to be a project at linebacker, but again, this is another one where Washington had a lot of different needs, and they went with linebacker, which was a need, yes, but could they have gotten a better linebacker? Obviously, I think so. Could they have gotten addressed some other needs? I think so, but but we'll see kind of how Javon looks. Uh, for Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one we're looking at, Kadarius uh, Tony, Florida, wide receiver to the Giants, the G-Men. Understand it, don't like it. Why? Like, I understand you want to have a speedster getting the Florida wide receiver, you can, you know, he can run out the gym, run out, you know, I'll run everyone. But when when I think about what the Giants lacked last year, it wasn't a wide receiver. It wasn't a playmaker. If anything, dropping back, I would have thought that they would have gone and addressed some of the defensive struggles that they had last year looking at possibly an edge rusher, looking at possibly a cornerback. I think, and it's, again, another one of these teams where you see kind of the shiny new thing in the window and you want it. Meanwhile, you have a lot of young wide receivers that produced last year for Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. kind of and out of injury and then kind of all the quarterbacks that were there. So my thinking is if I'm the Giants, do you – is it nice to have Tony as kind of this versatile weapon? Yes. Can you have more kickoff returns, punt returns? Can he be a dynamic playmaker? Yes. And he kind of, when he gets the ball, is he able to have the um, ability to juke a defender or get it to the end? Yeah. Is that what you needed right now to get over the hump? Uh, I don't know. And so that's where I'm having a little bit of hesitance. But, Everyone likes the speedsters from Florida. Everyone wants a fast wide receiver. So 
That's what you're going to get. You didn't like it. All right. Quiddy Pay, Indianapolis Colts. I think he was um, a solid pick. I think he fit a need that the Colts had on the defensive side of the ball, getting to the quarterback. I think he can develop into kind of a relief pass rusher, and Indianapolis is always good with uh, pass rushers getting to the ball and finding, I don't want to say diamonds in the rough, but like he was in that top three, four pass rushing kind of cluster or edge rushing cluster. And if you watch him on tape, you can see his ability to have another one of those guys where he's going to be an instant starter. Geez, do I think he'll get double digit sacks his rookie year? Um, Looking at the quarterbacks in this division, I don't see why not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next one, we got Caleb Farley, cornerback, Virginia Tech, the, the Tennessee Titans. This is this is who I saw a lot of people thought would be the second corner to come off the board after Patrick Sertan. I like to pick Tennessee is always looking to share up the defensive side of the ball just because they're so they're so set offensively. Like we know what Tennessee is going to be offensively. So if you can share up that defense knowing that you're in this division with Indianapolis, with Houston, with Jacksonville, if you can Yeah, if you can get solid defense, someone that can be physical in the secondary you get him, and I think it's—I think it's a solid pick that definitely fits what Tennessee wants to do. That, yeah, I guess that's how you, how you how you put it, huh? Next one, Christian yeah. Derisaw for the Minnesota Vikings out of Virginia Tech. Both Virginia Tech teammates getting picked back to back. Yeah, and another solid lineman. I think a lot of people had him on the board. That was kind of. Um, I would say kind of like two ways. So you had Sewell and Slater, but um, Darisol was right there. As like he was on a lot of teams' board. Mm-hmm. Um, strong pass protector, great in the running game. I mean, you can't teach size, you can't teach that stability. And going to a situation in Minnesota where you're going to be blocking for quarterback and Kirk Cousins, blocking for a dynamic running back in Dalvin Cook. Like, that's just only going to help Minnesota improve offensively because now you're protecting your quarterback, you're helping your running back to be able to open up space for the offense. So, yeah, love to pick for the Minnesota Vikings. Nice. Next one, we go to um... – your team, the Steelers. Maybe they got a steal on this one. Najee Harris, running back out of Alabama. Thoughts? When when the pick was made, well, once once Derisaw went off the board, we were like, like I immediately was like, we're going to get we're going to get Najee. Like we're going to get Harris. We're going to get the running back, and we're all going to be like, well, he was there. He kind of fell to us, but. As I was thinking about it and reflecting kind of what I said about the mock drafts, about how, you know, we don't need a running back, I think we, looking at how our roster is set up and reflecting, we need a running back. Because I think the mantra and the makeup of Pittsburgh Steelers football is to be uh, have a physical running back, a big bruiser, that can get those tough yards and make it, and we talk about it not just with the Steelers, but any football team. Mm-hmm. If you can get it to second and six, second and five, you can get it to third and two instead of having second and nine, third and eight, third and seven. Mm-hmm. But then also having a running back that is a solid pass catching, which a lot of people are saying he worked on, and we saw worked on at Alabama, his pass catching ability. I think, like, I'm I'm slowly falling in love with the pick. Do I think it would have been nice for us to get Darisaw? 
that went right before him from Virginia Tech? Absolutely, because we still need an offensive lineman. We, I mean, we addressed the day two about getting kind of the first-round offensive lineman talent, but to get the best running back consensus, and literally every mock draft in America had Harris falling to us, like I, I, I would give the pick a solid B-plot. And I think that's kind of, like, I saw some, you know, those say, oh, the Steelers shouldn't have gotten a running back, and, you know, he's a so-called analyst. I don't know what they're talking about, but, yeah. I love the pick. Okay, good. Hey, as long as you, as long as you love the pick, it really took care of some of their needs and everything like that. Um, then we move on. How about we get to this one? Travis Etienne. We talked about him a little bit earlier with Travis, uh, or actually with Trevor Lawrence. Now, kind of give you a little more in depth about this pick. Yeah, as, as we said at the top of the segment, you have this undrafted rookie free agent stud in James Ross, James Robinson. Took the league by storm. Everyone expected him to come back and be the undisputed starter for the Jaguar team, pit him with a young quarterback, you know, year two running back. Okay, you bring in Carlos Hyde in the offseason. Okay, great. Kind of so you're not wearing James Robinson down too much, and Carlos Hyde is a big, big, big bruiser to get you some of those tough yards. And then you get Travis Etienne who everyone's saying, oh, you pair him with his college teammate, which was the theme of this first round. But, it, but it, do, do you need Etienne? And then, as he talks about Urban Meyer, things about him as being this Percy Harvin type. Like, Percy Harvin was good, yes. Like, he was in that, you know, 2000 to 2015, kind of that time period where you could get these versatile playmakers, everyone's running the Wildcats, the Jet Sweeps, all of these kind of crazy formations, kind of getting people in space. And yes, Travis Etienne was able to do that in college, but that doesn't always translate into the pros. Right. And so I think for this team, where this is your first draft as Urban Meyer, and you said it there, like this is not, oh, we're going to get all these college players and try to run a college system. This is a business. This is about kind of how can you get these NFL players in the best position to win. And doing all this Percy Harvin, Jeff Sweets kind of test. Like, he's a good pass catcher. Does that mean we're going to have him line up in the slot 30, 35% of the season? That's not Etienne's game. Right. And so and, and now you've also created kind of this cluster in the running backs room where James Robinson is like, Sam, you just got here, and now you're upending who a lot of people thought was going to be my breakout season, or continuation of a breakout season. And so now you have Travis Etienne bounce between wide receivers room and running back room. Like, it, it, it's confusing. But, so you don't like the pick, do you? No, I, I think this is, you could have gone defense, you could have gone you could have even gone offensive linemen here and kind of just to cheer up and protect Trevor Lawrence. But to go running back, that was, that was the last thing that I thought that they would have gone with that pick. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Next pick, Greg Newsom to the Browns, the cornerback out of Northwestern. Thoughts? Sure, I think he'll step in right away, be an immediate impact player, another player from, like you said, Northwestern, who has you know, strong skills, he can read the ball, kind of good uh, read and react ability. Being in this division, if you can handle that aggressive and that physicality, you're, you're, going, to last in this, you're going to last in this league. And so I think it's a solid pick. I think what we're seeing from the Browns is that they're really not so much worried about their offense but they're trying to make sure that their defense is as best as possible, knowing that in this division, it's going to be your defense that wins you a lot of the ball games, as we saw last year with the Browns. Yeah, their secondary was pretty bad. Yeah, and I think Newsom should—he should come in and be a starter day one. Think so? And I, yeah, I fully just because, like you said, the secondary was so bad, and there was a couple of holes, so if you can get young, fresh energy, uh, 
once he gets acclimated with the physicality of the AFC North, I think I think he'll be one of those cornerbacks that a lot of teams would be like, man, he was. We should have looked at this guy further. Mm, he was a steal. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That, that, nice. Uh, up next, we have Rashad Bateman to the Baltimore Ravens. Why was he out of Minnesota? I understand the pick. Uh, yeah, I, I would just say, like, I understand the pick. Like, I understand you need weapons for Lamar Jackson, someone that can have the size, someone that can be physical, someone that can line up out wide in the slot, that versatility. Um, yeah, I just, like, the Ravens always find a way to pick a player that we're like, Huh. And then you don't think about it until after you see him and then you're like, Man, that's that's a solid steal and I think because you have a dynamic quarterback in Lamar and just the way that Bateman kind of has that kind of breakout ability, especially after the catch, he's gonna be one of those wide receivers that I think can be a number one that Lamar Jackson has really desperately needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coming up next, uh, Peyton Turner to the Saints, defensive end out in Houston. I have no idea what the Saints did. <laughs> I. Would you want to get a quarterback? No, I mean. Okay, okay. You, I didn't think that they would get a quarterback. I mean, if you're just going to tank, you know, with Taysom Hill back there, I mean, that's more power to something. I just. Like I understand, like understand defense, particularly in this league, you want to get someone that can have a high motor, have that high intensity. Um, there are just other edge rushers that were better, that were still left on the board, um, that you could have gotten here that would have made made more sense. Like he's not a bad player for sure, but he's just. Like, he's so much of a prospect that it's almost, you could have seen him going probably late second, early third, Mm -hmm. just because he's so raw. And at the end of the first round, that's when you're looking for some of those kind of diamonds in the rough that kind of fell through the first round that kind of you had higher ratings on. And again, there were a lot of edge rushers that were rated kind of across the board higher for um higher for the Saints than Turner. Mm. After that, we got Eric Stokes and from Georgia, Green Bay Packers. I know Aaron Rodgers doesn't like it, but <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things he doesn't neat. like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean but we we all watch we all watch those three games against Tampa Bay, like, dear God, like, they needed anyone from the sec- in the secondary. Like, they were getting torched. And so he has the ball skills. He can have the athleticism, speed, quickness, you know, those quote-unquote SEC corners. They've seen the best of the best, lined up against the best of the best. Yes, the, the, the Packers needed, like, this was a need that they needed to address. And I think knowing that they could have gotten wide receiver, but again, the taste of that NFC championship game just in their mouth was something that they couldn't have passed up and not getting a cornerback. Mm. And we're winding down here in the, the first round. Three more picks. Greg Russo to the Buffalo Bills from Miami, Florida. I thought he would have like he was one of those players where you look at the edge rushers, so you look at kind of a quitty pay. I thought he would have gotten, or Russo would have gone higher than him. Obviously, Peyton Turner, who's listed as a defensive end, but you could see Russo um, lining up in a similar position. I think he was like mid, 
you know, early to mid twenties, I think he was again one of those solid pass rushers that you couldn't go wrong with because getting to the quarterback is the name of the game if you're on the defensive line and going into a situation in Buffalo where you're already joining a pretty stacked defense. So the rich get richer and I think that's a solid pick for the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. Next pick. Uh how do you O Dave? Owe? How do you pronounce this? Baltimore yeah. Ravens. Yeah, Penn yeah State. another one of those. Um, another one of those Baltimore Ravens. They pick a play, and you're just like, "Come on, man! Ozzy's not even here anymore. You can't keep doing this." But yes, yeah, just another, another player that's going to come in raw, energetic. He's going to be another piece that can be to another dynamic Baltimore Ravens front seven. I mean, we, we know the track record of Baltimore and defensive players, particularly in that front seven. Can be physical, can be an edge rusher. He, he's definitely going to be a problem for offensive line in the future. In the next one, we have the last pick, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Joe Tryon, edge from Washington University. What do you think? Um, first of all, could you at least send the guy a hat? Like, if you know, like, <laughs> like, like, at least have a team hat there. Like, have the 32, like, can get a hat, like a jersey, like, like, no one could have, like, shipped something UPS, like, like, what, like, what's going on here? Like, he can't even, like, be on video draft day because it's just him in a picture. Like, everyone else gets hats handed to him from camera people and celebrations. Like, he's just like, yeah, going to Tampa Bay. Congratulations. But, but I mean, he's, again, another athletic, another class, uh, not, yeah, another athletic rusher. Uh, uh, can give problems. Tampa Bay, as we saw, had a pretty stout defense last year. You get richer, you get younger, you get more aggressive. Um, yeah, he has he has the ability to be a playmaker that can plug in and really help that defense maintain a top five, top ten status for at least the next couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Nice. So overall, your thoughts on the draft? Um. I, I like that there were a lot of teams with young quarterbacks that went out and protected their franchise quarterbacks, getting the offensive linemen because you want to sure up kind of your long-term investment. I still have some reservations, and that's kind of reflecting upon this since draft night, particularly first-round draft night. Like, I understand wanting to pair college teammates, but... This is the business. This is their job now. Like, the buddy-buddy friendship collegiality is nice, but when it comes to, you know, millions of dollars on the table and this is livelihoods for these grown men, I think there's, like, we have to leave some of that kind of college buddy-buddy at the door. Because this, this ain't college no more. This isn't two-a-days. This isn't, you know, taking out at the union or, you know, dining hall or the athletic complex. Like, this is... <laughs> This is your job. Right. It's a professional. So, yeah. Nice. All right. Well, we got we got a good hour in here with David, the man of God Harris, on his recap of the draft and his thoughts for it. And that was a good thing to say there, David. So uh, pretty much in this segment, going to another segment uh, that you can listen to. We'll talk a little bit about what was it? The, 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 what about the, what about, it's about the NBA and all that. Yeah. So kind of thinking about the two major markets, New York and LA, which, which team has looking has had a better season leading up to this point? The Showtime Lakers or the Mecca Knicks? And the answer is not where I'm at. Okay, well, you listen to 88.3 WGDs after further review. We'll take a quick commercial break, and when we return, we'll have more with David the Man and God Harris. We'll be talking a little bit about the NBA. We'll be back after this. 